Today on Living in the Word with Dr. Gary Yates. So that the nations around them would be drawn to him and attracted to the Lord as the one true God. And as they came to know God and they came to know the Lord as the one true God, it would turn them away from their sin and their false gods and empty belief systems. I'm Gary Yates, pastor of Living Word Baptist Church from Forest, Virginia. I uh, want to thank you for joining us for our study of the biblical covenants. We've laid the foundation with the Noahic covenant, and we are introducing in this segment God's covenant with Abraham. Uh, the Abrahamic covenant here in the early chapters of Genesis is foundational to God's redemptive plan in all of the Bible. And Genesis chapter 12 and this encounter between God and Abraham is actually the beginning of God's relationship with Israel as his chosen people. And the remainder of the covenants that we actually have in the Bible, starting with the Abrahamic covenant, then the Mosaic, uh, the Davidic, the New Covenant, all of these are part of God's single covenantal relationship with Israel. But in God's plan and in the working out of these covenants, it was never just about Israel for God. God chose and called Israel so that they might be his instrument of blessing and salvation to all peoples and all nations. The story of God's dealings with Abraham and his family in Genesis chapters 12 to 50, the patriarchal history is connected to the story of God's dealings with creation in all of humanity in Genesis chapter 1 to 11, the, the primeval history. The God of Israel is the God of creation. So in Genesis 1 to 11, the Noahic covenant guaranteed that the creation, that the human race would continue and endure but the problem is that covenant did not provide a remedy for human sinfulness. Rebellion against God that started with the fall and uh, before the flood continued after the flood. And after the, after the flood, uh, Noah, as a type of new Adam, had a fall in a vineyard that brought cursing on his family. That was very similar to Adam's misuse of the, of the fruit in the garden and the fall that he had that ultimately brought sin, death, and cursing into the world. Um, violence persisted after the flood with the kingdom of Nimrod that's described in Genesis chapter 10, which is the beginning of the kingdoms of Babylon and uh, Assyria that will be important to the biblical story. But Nimrod is a mighty warrior and hunter, and he forms his, uh, he forms his kingdom by violence. The rebellion in Genesis 3 to 11, which essentially involves people over and over again attempting to be like God in the same way that Adam and Eve did at the beginning, ultimately culminates with humans in their sin and in their rebellion gathering together and setting up a rival kingdom and a rival religious system with the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. What happens, what begins in Genesis 12 is God's answer, is God's remedy to human sinfulness in Genesis chapters 3 to 11. God's plan enters a new phase with Abraham because now he plans to use one family and one people uh, ultimately to bring all peoples and all nations back into relationship with himself. So his, his heart, his, his, his plan is ultimately to restore all of humanity and not just to deal with Israel. Uh, the Abrahamic covenant actually contains three specific promises that are even found in the very first encounter between God and Abram that we read about in Genesis chapter 12. These promises define the nature of the relationship between God and Abraham. 
and also help to explain the, spe the special role that Israel would play in God's plan of salvation and redemption. Uh, right at the very beginning of God's relationship with Abraham, we read this. Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed." So there's uh, the, the, the promises, and then we read in verse 7 as well, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, To your offspring I will give this land, referring specifically to the land of Canaan that God had brought Abraham to. So here are the three specific things that God has promised here. God will make Abram into a great nation with many descendants. Later chapters will say they will become as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. This is a significant promise because when God encounters Abram, and his name means exalted father, Abram has no sons, no male heirs, no descendants to carry on the name. So exalted father doesn't even have a son to carry on the, the family. He will even have to wait 25 years again for the birth of his promised child, Isaac, that would begin to be the fulfillment of this promise. Second promise, God would give the land of Canaan to Abram's descendants. God had told Abram to go to the land that he would show him, but Abram himself would not possess the land. It would be given to his descendants. The only property that Abraham ever owned in the promised land was a cemetery plot to bury his family. But ultimately, after hundreds of years, God kept this promise to Abraham when Joshua and the Israelites conquered the land during the conquest. Again, hundreds of years later, God keeps his promises no matter how long we have to wait for them, even if it's hundreds of years. The book of Joshua reminds us not one of God's promises to Israel failed, and those are specifically going back to those promises about land that were given to Abraham. The Lord is faithful to us in exactly the same way. His promises never fail. The third promise that God gives to Abraham is really the key to God's redemptive plan. And through Abraham, all the nations on earth, all the families on earth would be blessed. God would bless Abraham, God would bless Israel, so that they might be a blessing to all other peoples. The Lord would become the king of Israel in order that he might restore his kingship over the other nations and to bring all peoples back into a right relationship with himself. The very, very first thing that God had done when he created Adam and Eve is, is that we read in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, he created them, he blessed them, and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. God wanted humanity to thrive, to flourish, and to enjoy the blessings of the creation that God had given them, and also to enjoy a relationship with God. But Adam's sin and the recurring sin of generations that followed after him had brought judgment and cursing and even death in the place of blessing that God intended. The reason that God chooses and calls Abram and, Abra and Abraham here is to reverse the curse and to, and to bring back that original blessing. When you read Genesis 12, 1 to 3, as we just did a moment ago, it's easy to see that the key word in those verses is the verb to bless. It appears five times. So five times in three verses, the Lord talks about blessing. In contrast, 
When we read Genesis 3 to 11, the word curse appears five times. And the cursing describes the consequences of human sinfulness and rebellion. The five-fold expression of blessing for Abraham will ultimately offset the five-fold curse that's given in Genesis 3 to 11. The grace of God, the salvation of God, will ultimately overcome even the sinfulness and rebellion of humanity. God will bring that blessing back. Now, how all of this plan, uh, you know, how all of this ultimately works out is that God would plant Israel as, a, as, a people, as his chosen people in a special promised land so that the nations around them would be drawn to him and attracted to the Lord as the one true God. And as they came to know God and they came to know the Lord as the one true God, it would turn them away from their sin and their false gods and empty belief systems. Now, in, this, this pass, in these passages that talk about all nations being blessed by Abraham, some of them, like Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, uh, in Abraham, all nations will be blessed. There's a passive idea. The nations will be blessed, and Abraham will be the instrument of that blessing. But there are other passages that express that same idea in a slightly different way, like what we find in Genesis 22, 18, here the verb to bless is in a different form, in a different verbal stem, and it has a more reflexive idea. So the idea in Genesis 22:18, by Abraham or in Abraham, the nations and the peoples would bless themselves. So slightly different idea. At Genesis 12, they will be blessed. Abraham's the instrument. But here, the idea that they will bless themselves means that they would see the ways that God had blessed Abraham. They would desire that for themselves, and they would bless one another by saying, may you be blessed like Abraham. The goodness of God in the life of Abraham, all of the blessings that God poured out into his life, would be the thing that attracted other people and other nations to the God of Israel. We want to know this God. We want to experience this blessing in the same way. And ultimately, the nations would see the goodness of God, the blessing of God upon Israel, and they would long to desire, they would desire, they would long to know God and his blessing in the same way. In Psalm 47, verse 9, the psalmist envisions this. He says, The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. That's the goal of the biblical story. The, the nations will become the people of the God of Abraham along with Israel. Through Israel, the nations would come to know the God of Abraham. He's the, he's the creator God. He's the God for all peoples and nations. And the story of the Abrahamic covenant moving forward ultimately leads us to Jesus. Because Jesus will be the one special seed, the son or descendant of Abraham, who would bring this blessing and salvation to all peoples. The Abrahamic covenant is foundational to God's full and final plan of salvation. And that begins right at the very beginning in the early chapters of Genesis. <laughs>